Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. The Baseline, stories from the court with Jonathan Rears and Mayor Cohen. Hey, Baseline listeners. Welcome to episode two of our podcast with Jason Siggers. John and I had the privilege of interviewing Jason in our studio. We heard some amazing stories from Jason, all about his life experience playing basketball so far all over the world. We've got amazing stories, and we're really, really excited for you to hear them. Let's go. So we're here today with my man, Jason Siggers. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. It's a good day. It's a good day. I'm good. Oh, yeah. I'm good. There we go. Beautiful day. Very special guest. Thank you very (laughs) much. Just for being on here is cool. You know, we just love ball, and uh, you've got a really unique journey. You know, basketball all over the world, so, <clears throat> all sure. over the world. So we want to just really ask you about that, pick your brain a little bit. You know, just researching you before this was just cool to me to see just, you know, how many different places somebody could play and just the experience that you have. I mean, I was just reading it through all the way, all the way from college in New Mexico to yeah. Albany yeah. to, you know, France, Denmark, and then, you know, all the way, all the way here in Israel. We so, were just we were just talking about how it was like a full circle out at Albany. It was kind of like a Jewish school, and now he comes to Israel and he's got yeah got, got all the holidays off. Uh, all the Jewish holidays, holidays. Yeah, really? Yeah, it was great. It was great. Got everybody celebrating, you know, Rosh Hashanah over there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there you Partying go. Partying like crazy. <laughs> so look, we wanted to just kick off with a few questions. We've got a lot to ask. Um, you know, we feel like you know it was so cool when we when we saw. You know, Maccabi Ranana just on, you know, on everybody's Instagram feeds when you guys were playing the Thunder. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. That was just so cool. It was cool to us just because oh, yeah. even without looking for it, we're scrolling and we're seeing Maccabi Ranana. You know, this is a team <laughs> from Israel. This is a team from right around the block from us. And yeah. you guys are playing the Thunder. You know, it's cool. It, it's, it must have been an amazing experience for you. You oh, know, yeah. playing those three games. You had the Blazers, Clippers, and Thunder yep. that Ranana played. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, and tell- they're they're playing. They're playing like they're players too. Like it's not just oh, like yeah. the bench. Like they're oh, actually yeah. like we were getting after it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's crazy. So, tell, tell us a little bit about that. You yeah. know, forty points versus Thunder. Let's go, man. You know, it was it was uh, it was an emotional moment for me, man. I just I thank God for the opportunity just to be out there with those guys and kind of just you know, kind of solidify in my mind who I thought I was and how good I thought I was. You know what I'm saying? You there can you, you can talk that talk, but until you get in between those lines with those caliber kind of players, it's kinda of like a different ball game. You know what I mean? So it was very um it was validating for me and my and my you know, my body of work. Yeah, hundred sure. percent. I mean you're playing against guys in, in Thunder uniforms. It's a little different from some of the colors you see in the Euro League. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like you know, much growing up you see these guys play and it must be cool to just share the court with them. What was, what was like the most memorable moment from the three games? I mean, I would say, not, I don't want to speak for you, but dropping 40. Oh, yeah. I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, <laughs> the bucket just kept getting bigger and bigger. And like, you know, we just were out there. And That's always a good feeling. Man, everybody was like rooting for me. And it was just like, it, it, it was just a, a very surreal moment. Like, I just, I couldn't stop thanking God. What were, what were the guys saying after the game? Like the Thunder guys? Oh, they were just like, oh my God, old school, you can hoop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, 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 like, I caught that you were, you were like 37. Yeah. And that's crazy within itself, being 37, dropping 40 on another NBA team. I mean, like, playing against 19 and 22 They're young. Old, they're young, really young. They got a fast. different motor. Like, the mo- man, these kids these days, I don't know what's in the water. Like, they're built different. <laughs> Seriously, I'm 20 years old. Jalen Duran is, you know, 19 and he's you know 15 boards a night strong he's huge and he's so good oh my gosh to be that that's that talented that young and have that kind of a like physical ability 100 percent. 
I mean, obviously, like, it must be crazy for these kids just from a maturity standpoint. They're so young, and it's mm -hmm. like, you got to just transition to playing professionally. So, for you, um, after college, how old were you when you started, you know, your professional ball career? Oh, I was 21. Right. 21, yeah. That's still pretty young. That was... Uh, it's a long career. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I started, I started kind of uh, late. I didn't get picked up right away after school. Like, it took a... I didn't get signed until, like, mid-November. Like, and so, imagine... You know, getting out of school, you know, everything's up in the air. You kind of have an agent, but, you know, you don't know if he's working or if he's not working. You're just working out as hard as you can every single day, every single day. Right. And, you know, you, you know, you have friends or, you know, church mates or whatever. When are you leaving? When are you leaving? When are you leaving? You got to ignore that and just, you know, not get depressed and work as hard right. as you can until you did get you, your shot. Did you end up declaring for the draft? Oh, no, no, no. I was going to do the ABA. Okay. Um, and, you know, kind of just something overseas popped up and I took it and left. Like I didn't even hesitate. I want to go overseas. Right. So you were talking about before, like what's up with these guys right now? <laughs> like I just pulled this up within this, the past few months, there is like 18 games here. Guys dropping over 50 points. That's crazy. You saw Donovan Mitchell drop 71 the other yeah. night. Oh yeah. That was wild. Oh my God. Surreal. What, what's going on? I don't know. I, I don't even know, man. Like you, you want to say that nobody's playing defense, right? That's but, like you see the defense over there is way different than oh, how it's yeah. played here. Oh yeah, I've I've always said that scoring in NBA was a lot easier than scoring overseas. Right. So when you played versus the Thunder, like you were saying, the hoop was looking bigger. Did you feel that just the game was more spaced out? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just <laughs> I was open. Like I, I, these shots are not tough shots. Like. People aren't doubling me. Like, they're not, you know, it isn't, pain isn't really crowded. You don't have to worry about one extra person. Exactly. You know, so it's it's a lot easier. So than from a defensive, off, like, defensively, you think it was a lot less pressure playing over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I mean, like, one thing is playing overseas, there's always that guy that, you know, they're going to put on you, like, go stop him. Like, go get him. Like, ruffle his feathers and beat him up. They're not really saying that in the NBA. Well, you also right. can't touch the guy, so and, and, you know you can't story. touch me. So uh, what are you going to do? You just gotta let hope I miss. Did you feel like the the refs were very very different playing over there? Oh yeah, they didn't give us anything. Oh no, really? <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. They're looking out for the league, man. They they can't make yeah, the league look bad. Yeah, but I learned some stuff from them. Like you know, I always try to like steal knowledge here and there when I can. Like. The whole landing rule, how much space the guy has, if he kicks his leg out, if he's leaning back, like kind of just taking notes of that little stuff so I can, you know, put it into action when I came back. What was what was the biggest takeaway from that trip? Um, The landing pad rule that they have, like once you go up into a, a jump shot, you have space that you're supposed to have no matter what the defender's doing. And if you encroach on that space or you touch my fingertips, it's a foul. Like... I get my fingertips touched all the time. Yeah, a lot more right. physical. Like, yeah. It's a lot more physicality, a lot more, you know, a lot more pushing before the action even happens. But they don't let any of that right. Yeah, for sure. I would. I was seeing earlier, I saw an interview with Woj and he was talking about, you know, how the NBA is, you know, they're changing um, just a lot, you know, the way they market the the brand and, you know, the NBA, they, they like analyze their fan base. They know the fan, fan base wants to see more points. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're really thinking about it, these 40, 50 point games that are so common now, it's obviously hard to compare errors. We like to do it all the time. Mm -hmm. when we're talking about, you know, MJ and LeBron and all that stuff. But, you know, 
30 points then, it, you know, you got to think that it's 45 points in today's NBA. Right. So that's just, you know, a whole other way to look at how people are scoring. And especially in the EuroLeague, like, do you feel like it, from a, just a professional standpoint, you know, is the game, now that you're scoring more points in America, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is the game from in Europe going a different direction? You know, do you feel like it's a, too, almost too much of a different game or you're in a different country, different continent? I think it's a, it's a totally different game, to be honest. Like, there is definitely a learning curve uh, coming from a, like, a league standpoint. Playing that type of basketball to coming over here, is a, there's a learning curve for sure. Um, I don't think the EuroLeague is going to change as much as the league has simply mm-hmm. because there's so much pedigree in these clubs like it's really what, all about winning. what do you think about the talent though the talent's changing it's going to keep going up for sure it's going it's up. going to keep going up you see these like ex-nba players come in they like they're balling here yeah yeah and they're like it's tough like they're like trying to take these teams to like their euro league chip or champions league chip and they're like they were just playing in the NBA on like championship teams. That's how it goes, man. I mean, but as far as style, Europe is too focused on winning to worry about. Everybody needs to score 130 points a game. Like you know, there you've met these people. Like they've been in these clubs. Their grandfather, their great great grandfather was a part of this club it's and legacy. been a fan. And it's about legacy. It's about winning. It's not about how it looked. It's about did you win a championship? Did you finish top eight? Did you make the playoffs? Like. And in the league, it's more of a show. I feel like, right? So, they want so they got to market. I, it. I think for like basketball lovers that I'd say like us, I think that the shift is is that people will start liking to watch early games more than the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think that the goal about NBA's viewership is really hurting them in some ways because they're trying to get these 130 point games. But just like you said, it's not about winning; mm-hmm. it's about the show. Right. So now when you got these EuroLeague teams who are really like you can tell they're putting in their work and it's like you can tell they're tired in the game and there's defense play, they're playing right. their heart out. Mm-hmm. That's what people who love watching the game of basketball want to see. Right. Right? Right. For so sure. I think that the viewership of the EuroLeague will end up coming up because I think when you see a guy like Carson Edwards mm. who is falling out in Tough. preseason for the Celtics all that preseason, people started seeing him, didn't have the greatest NBA career, comes over here, and now he's, like, insane. Or a guy like Mike James. Oh, yeah. Dude, these guys are... It's fun to watch. Yeah. It's fun to watch these guys play. It's fun to see guys go at it, man. It's a a competition. And, you know, lackadaisical and, you know, lazy actions don't occur. Like, yeah, none of that. It does not happen. So, there's no giving up on plays. Right. Also... We went to some, you know, some EuroLeague games, and you could just feel the intensity from the fans when right. they gets really hyped up. So I wanted to ask you, you know, been a lot of places. What is what's the most intense, you know, fan culture, fan experience? Like, where are you playing at any point in your career where you're feeling like these fans are making more of a difference than any fans I've played, played in front of before? Oh, in, fr- in France, oh, yeah, they go crazy. They go absolutely They're just burning crazy. stuff. I mean, anything you could possibly imagine. And it's like, it's all happening at the same time as the game. It's like, <laughs> you have to stay laser focused at all times. So it's like, because they, like I said, it's it's pedigree. It's like, it's legacy. It's, I, they they will bleed their colors. Like, 100%. You know, and, and they, somehow they transfer that onto the court. Like, it hypes their guys up. And every shot that we miss feels like we missed 10. You right. know what I mean, and it's it's a. I'm sure at the free throw advantage. line, the free throw line is probably like. Oh yeah, that's why that's how I got so good at free throws. Though. Yeah, because I had to deal with 
that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. early in my career. So it's like, you know. If you're playing an NBA, you know, you got some some thunder sticks, some yeah, stuff playing from yeah. but it's not the same. Nah, overseas, not this guy's talking about your mother, this guy's <laughs> talking about your sister, this guy was on your Facebook last night. You know, blew up a picture, an old picture of you. All I've seen it all, man. It's That's crazy. crazy. That's amazing. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about South Korea specifically. So, what was just tell, give us a little insight into that league because you know I don't feel like a lot of people know in general, you know, about South Korea specifically their sports, specifically their mm -hmm. league. So, what was what was it like playing over there? And it feels like a different world. I bet it it was different. The basketball was definitely definitely different. It was faster than you would think it was. I mean, it's very guard oriented at some in some spots you know especially they were bringing more gu american guards over not just the korean guards it was one guard and one big so that sped the game up a lot and uh for me i had to pay out a position like sometimes i had to be the four you know my my other big you know he's he has to sit the bench for the second quarter so it's just me out there i'm filling in every gap on defense and offense that i, that I could and uh they just they worked their tails off man you yeah, know, but three practices do. a day sometimes. You know, weights, individual shooting. I mean, our our young guys were sleeping in the gym. Really, literally wow. sleeping in the gym. That's crazy. Devotion right there. And they'll do it every day, seven days a week. Really, it doesn't matter. So there is there like you know equipment up to par? Is like you played everywhere in your oh, career? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's up to date. They love their basketball in South Korea. They love their basketball. I mean, super professional, super respectful. Everything's taken care of. Like probably one of the best places a, a player can go. Wow. That's Just real interesting. Professionalism wise, like getting paid late in Korea does not happen. No. Oh, really? It does not. If anything, it's early. Like we heard Christmas was coming and the banks were going to be closed. We're going to just send your money, you know, a week early. Wow. They're looking out for the players, you know, they, they, they're they trying to get other people to, to come and want to play there. So what right. do they do? They treat their players right. Right. Which is, uh, yeah, which is great. Do you feel like, you know, um, your college experience, do you feel like when, when you came, for example, the league you're playing in right now, you know, you play D1, you played, you mm -hmm. know, you're playing at these great universities. At a time, at times you feel like, you know, their trainers are more equipped to handle stuff than even here in the league you're playing in currently. Yeah. I mean, America's just on the edge of everything. Like we're constantly finding new ways to, to, to make shortcuts, make players better and short amount of time we have the gyms i mean in israel gym time is is very scarce mm -hmm. it's really hard to get that individual work and it's more team-based so when you're in the gym you're in the gym with 10 other guys and you're all trying to you know just trying to figure it out and find a way to get better each and every day when as you could have your team practice and later get in the gym just you and a coach and maybe one other guy so that's a huge difference Hundred percent. Yeah. The time here, the time here to get in the gym is just like, it's tough. It's crazy. It's you're really you're tough. sharing the gym with like kids who are playing in high school yeah. and in college yep. and even like volleyball teams, and just gym right? class, just gym normal class. gym class. Yeah, it might be a normal gym class out there. Just run around with their outside shoes on. It's a small country. <laughs> yeah. It's a small country. It is what it is. Right. I, I guess being from Texas, you know. That's like you got a lot of open space, oh, a lot, yeah. lot of, what is lot that, of space like to operate. Ten times the size of this slate. <laughs> yeah, something like a lot that. bigger than that. I what, mean, what actually would you like perceive of Israel before getting here? Like, what what was going through your mind coming to Israel? Oh man, it's a funny story. So <laughs> I'm going to Gilboa Galil in Ganair in the north, right? 
And so I'm trying to do my research and look up Israel, and all I'm seeing is these crazy articles yeah. about you know, you know, just yeah, American stuff, you know, American, 100%. you know. So I was really apprehensive about it, and uh, but you know, like something, you know, God told me this is where I want you to go. This is where you need to go. You know, I, I had been struggling with my love for the game. You know, after playing in France for six years, and you know, I was really, really struggling, and I and I kept asking and praying that. I want to love this game again. I want that fire that I had, you know, at 23. You know what I mean? And even though I was apprehensive about coming here, the basketball was so great, it allowed me to open myself up to go everywhere. You know what I mean? Because I had great teammates and we're winning. So, you know, I stayed. Didn't stay in the house as much as I thought I would have before because I wasn't as scared. I felt like I was supposed to be there. Wow. Right. So did you hesitate at first coming here? A little bit, a little bit, but I needed I needed a change. Did um did anyone from home, family or friends, like ever have like a question of concern about you being here? <laughs> I, I Can you imagine? So. Like, yeah. I mean, they did at f- at first, and then they were like, "Oh, okay, we understand you're comfortable, right?" And then uh, I call the bomb started dropping right. on you know what I'm saying a few years ago. So they were like, "Oh no, you're gonna go back? Oh my god, like don't do it." What was your, what was your response to that? My response was, "This is this is just how they they deal with this all the time." It's society here. It's, it's like society here is like embedded in the culture. Like if I'm I'm just as much as in danger playing and playing player in Paris than coming out to Renana for sure. You know what I mean? Because stuff happens everywhere. Did you feel like you were like integrating into Israeli society more <clears throat> when all that was happening and all that was going down? I definitely understood a lot more right about how you know israelis talk you know and how they live and you know how much they like to have fun because things like this happen you never know we might have to go into hiding for the next yeah. you know six months you right. know what i'm saying so i understand like how israelis move and how they feel about their country the way know? of life here the is just life. it's different yeah it's different yeah there's bomb shelters everywhere everywhere you go everywhere as there should be though right you know we're prepared it's like you just have to be yeah um well back to basketball i wanted to ask you throughout your whole career what was the one game like the one game that just stands out <sighs> the one game let's say besides for the thunder let's say besides the thunder, besides I mean, the thunder. um would you say the thunder game if you had to choose oh any? yeah for yeah sure. for sure for sure besides that Maccabi at the buzzer. I'd be, oh, yeah. be Maccabi yeah. at the buzzer. The full court dribble to the spin move. Oh, yeah. Shot. yeah. We watched that a couple of times. Didn't touch in your rim. <laughs> like, that, and we had been playing, you know, well that game. Yeah. And, and we came all the way back. Everything happened that, you know, it fell our way. He missed, uh, you know, Gal missed two free throws. Like, and he's like an 86% free throw shooter. And like, yeah, it's meant to be. It's meant, it's to, meant be. to be. You guys there deserve you that one. Yes, we did. Yes, that was did. tough, though. You well, you had like three guys on you on that play. Yeah, one fell. Once, <laughs> once one got fell. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The funniest part, if you look at uh, Joachim Shukman, Shuki, I've sh- I had shot that shot like a billion times. So he's seen me. He's seen me shoot that shot in that spot a million times. So as soon as he saw me spin, he was just like, "Oh yeah, uh, he shit. knew it was going in. <laughs> it's going in." There you go. Repetition. You, you should have had like a little point, like point at him on the floor. <laughs> I was just screaming like crazy. I almost yeah, passed was, out. That was crazy. That was crazy. Playing yeah. at Hecha Menorah is just like oh, insane. Yeah, it's nice there. Man. Yeah, it is. Great place to play. 
Yeah, we're, we're there a lot. I feel like, you know, just in terms of, you know, stadium size, as far as, as everywhere you've been, you know, South Korea, you played in, you know, their huge stadium mm-hmm. there. So um, do, do you feel like the intensity of the fans, obviously we noticed that on the court, but off the court, you know, do you feel like you're being supported? However it is, where do you feel like, are you being recognized somewhere that you go? Do you feel like, you know, do you feel like those fans are with you when you're not on the court or they're just supporting you for the whole, whatever you do? I will say Israeli fans are better off the court than the French fans that I had. You know, even though I've had some really, really great French fans, like I made tons and tons of friends, but like, uh, you know, Israelis, like it's something different. Like in, in my first year here, we lost during the finals, right? I had a terrible game, it was a terrible game. And this is during the finals. And the president comes, he says, ah, nothing to worry about. Everything's okay, right? After practice, I come home, there's um, challah bread. Like people <laughs> know I love challah bread, I love challah bread. So there's challah bread, like tons of it and soup and they like and just people from you know fans just came together and you know a lot of texas we love you don't worry you know we're with you it no matter more what like a homie vibe more of a homie vibe you know what i'm saying like and that's that's very rare that's yeah. rare because it i've been on the opposite side of that where if you see somebody out they you know they curse you or they call you names just because of a basketball game yeah, did you feel that way? Did you feel that way, you know, when you played in France? Did you feel the yeah. intensity was yeah. the responsibility of what you had to do on the court? You know, yeah. you'd be like, oh, if I didn't, don't play well tomorrow, if I go to this place, they might see me, they might say exactly. something. Exactly. It, it had already happened early in my career. Like, we had lost a game, and me and my buddies went out to a club, and one of the fans saw us. So wow. on the forum, they're, like, going in the fans' forum and saying, oh, I seen Jason Siggers, I saw Jeff, and they were all in the club like they didn't care about them losing. Right. Or, and it just, it was a big mess for no reason. Because you, you guys are just people. Like, we're people, you're not, man. You want to go out after work, right? right. I want to go out after work. Uh-huh. You know, you want a beer? I want to go get a beer, too. You know, like, it's... It seems, from what, what you're showing, it seems that, like, France kind of, like, took a toll on you a little bit. Oh, it did. It definitely did. It definitely did. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, obviously there are a lot of great players everywhere that you played, but, um, you know, was there that one guy when you're playing in France or whether you're playing here where you're looking forward to matchups, you ever had like a personal rivalry, was your best one, your, your top rivalry, can't wait to play that guy, circle him on the schedule. Oh, favorite rivalry. Oh, you know who comes to mind immediately? I don't even know how true this is, but Mark Lyons. Mm-hmm. Like, he talks so much trash to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's so fun. And it's different when, you know, it's getting personal and it's like, you know, something heated. That's extra. But Mark is really out there just trying to do whatever he needs to do to win. Like, he's talking crazy it's to like me. It's like on-court type stuff. Oh, yeah. On-court. And after the game's over, you know, it's all love. Dab uh-huh. each other up. Yeah, and everything's yeah, it's good. all love. It's all love. See him out. You know, what's up? Yeah. It's but a competition. on the court, Going, yeah, just going at it we're just going at it <laughs> like it's like one-on-one with four extra people yeah there you go there you go that's always fun who do you feel you know top talent you know you've played a lot you've played a lot of places top talent going against you know beside rivalry like you know that guy is mm-hmm. he, he's the, who's the best player best player <sighs> i mean wilbekin that dude's tough yeah he was tough even though i would never tell him to his face but uh, I played against Rudy Gay in college too. Oh wow! And if you think he was a monster in the league in college, he was takeover mode. You couldn't do nothing with him because you're just basically waiting for him to miss because he's so tall, he's athletic, he can shoot it. Rudy Gay had a great career. Oh yeah, like he's, he's tough. 
Yeah. Tough. He played a few different teams. Yeah, all over the league. But, you know, he's always somebody everybody knew. Always yeah, had a, a big impact. Yeah, yeah for sure. Huge and that whatever it takes. Man. He played D. He's super long. Like, you can't get around him. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. He's tough. Do you feel that there's going to be, a, you know, a movement of not not, nece- not even necessarily players who don't make it in the NBA to come here, but, you know, finish their NBA careers? We just saw Dwight Howard, you know, playing mm-hmm. in Taiwan. So, you know, he's doing that. He just didn't get the call from the Lakers. You know, mm-hmm. I think if he stayed around a couple, you know, a couple more months in the league, someone's going to call him. But, but he's taking initiative. He's going somewhere else. I feel like Dwight Howard could have fell into a same situation type as like DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre Jordan, like. Just sitting on the bench. He's sitting uh-huh. on the bench. He, like, maybe he wants to be doing that. Uh, also, a lot of guys, I'm sure, they're like hesitant to leave America. Right. Like America is their home at the end of the day. Yeah. Dwight Howard. For sure. Someone who really wants the ball, really wants to make money, be like the head guy on his team. Yeah. Going to Taiwan. He just wanted cool. to hoop. I feel like he just wanted to hoop too. Like, yeah. He wants to feel the ball. He wants to feel important and feel like the guy. You know what I'm saying? Well, what do you think like are the pros and cons from actually leaving America and going from place to place? I mean, I keep telling anybody that will listen, like this life isn't for everyone. This is not easy. Like you, you might see guys that come back and forth every year, and they smile and they laugh and they joke. But trust me, it's a grind. It's a and 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 don't be losing when your fans hate you and your coach hates you and your president hates you. Like eh, eh. that can take a toll on a lot of people. And a lot of people, when you don't have that comfort of being at home or being able to, you know, pick up the phone and call mom at whatever time or go over and talk to your dad, and you don't have that anymore. It's you, and you have to deal with your own demons. So. I mean that that adjustment rules out a lot of people for me. Like after that, the basketball is just it's so much more refined. And coming from college, I feel straight overseas was better for me mm-hmm. than having that NBA experience and have to deal with that system and spacing, and then coming over and having to learn actual basketball. Right, college is much more compact. Even you see now, they, their game has really almost not changed since let's say let's say 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. you see how much the nba has changed mm-hmm. but the college game is still you know very congested you always got guys in the lane it's They're not as over. open strong side is crazy mm-hmm. up over there right so yeah. that'll that'll stay consistent i feel like because college basketball college basketball will always be college basketball right. they'll always have some of the biggest stars although you know now we're seeing g league top prospects are playing mm-hmm. you got the top two prospects in this next draft neither one of them are playing college basketball you know there's there's a big chance that a lot of the next future stars are going to skip college basketball. I feel like, you know... You also them, got the European players. Exactly. Like Luca, who played mm-hmm. at Real Madrid beforehand. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, all these guys who were playing in Europe and then going to the NBA. That, Victor, see how successful they are. Like, Victor's playing in the... He's playing for a French team. Right, he's playing yeah. for a French but team. But they're playing, like, G League teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the same time. At the same time. And, like, these G League players also... The G League never really had a light shining on them mm-hmm. until, like the few so recent recently, years yeah, yeah. and now you actually like you're hearing about these guys and they're like they're balling yeah. they're getting paid too they're getting paid they could go to college you know now with NIL you can make some money in college yeah. easier than it was before so yeah. I feel like that's a reason for a lot of athletes to go to college yeah. especially top recruits I like it I like I like different options you know right. for players like different avenues like, 100% we might not need the same avenue maybe I do need to go to college but I can still make a little money NIL mm-hmm. you know right and you can go pro and or you know or do whatever it is. I like I like having options. It's fun for to see that the basketball world is expanding. Yeah, for like, sure. Like it's going everywhere, and ba- like the basketball game is becoming more of a world type game 
rather than just seeing like the USA team dominating. Right. Right. Like you see like teams like France and Spain Mm -hmm. who are playing very competitive with these guys. Like France is a good team. Yeah. They're a really good team. Oh yeah, super. Talented. And you have to play. You have to play FIBA rules though too. FIBA like, rules changes it. Different. Imagine if Dwight Howard had been, you know, raised overseas. Yeah, just swiping the ball off the. He'd rim. just be swiping the ball. So just every time the ball goes up, just <laughs> wipe your elbow across a across the rim. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's crazy. Which which rules do you think you prefer? Euroleague, FIBA rules, or the NBA rules? <laughs> I prefer NBA rules. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm a, I'm a scorer, so it's kind of yeah. like you give me that much space. But, like, fouling-wise, like... You feel a lot more constricted on defense. Don't you feel that the game is, like, it's more intense and it's more competitive when it's played the FIBA way? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Like, just trying to get buckets. I'm just thinking about buckets yeah, right now. I mean, which brand of basketball would I like to play? You're a league ball. I want to play FIBA ball for sure because it's just something about – I'm a basketball purist, you know. Something about that movement and, you know, being able to manage that spacing is very impressive to me. And seeing how coaches deal with it, like now, now that I have like a, you know, a deeper understanding of the sport, now I, I see strategy. I see spacing. Which guys is he putting in the corner? Like which guys come to touch the screen? You know what I'm saying? How are they switching it up on which side of the floor? So it's, it's a chess game. Yeah. How do you feel the coaches are different in their coaching styles being in Europe? Maybe even from country to country, you see a difference. Um, tell me about that. Oh, man. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. I mean, I guess in the NBA, it's not as tactical. It's more, it's more like knowing habits and analytics of, of players. Like when you, when you look at a scout. And, 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 you know, in Europe, they, they'll they break you all the way down. Like, Jason goes 62% to his right. And, you know, every, really? and everyone will know. Like, and What's they, analytics, man? I mean, yeah. And they'll crowd that side of the floor. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really like a big chess match. So now I have to want to get to my spot, you know, and kind of like fight against the coach and the players. Do you feel in that sense, you know, basketball overseas, it's catching up in terms of the analytics, in terms oh, of what yeah. they have at their disposal? It definitely is. It definitely so is. So when you started playing, uh, you know, in France, you think from then to now, drastic change in just how you're preparing for games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you used to have to go to the games. Like, that was the only way you were going to. The like, only way you could check out a player. Yeah. And so, and if you didn't retain everything, you have to go to multiple games. So you want to you wanna be able to give your team the best chance to win right so you have to see this guy play at least three or four times mm-hmm. and see that coach coach in different situations three or four times it's just and now and now he, you just got everything you on got your the laptop. <laughs> and the coaches don't have to watch anything you can you can have it broken down already right it's crazy They'll pre-edit the footage you there. can pre-edit that's, that's nice. like cheating man it's like cheating. it's wild it's cool to see like you you've been around for that long like yeah. you've seen the change yourself oh yeah and now playing in uh ranana right like, do you feel that, like, it's catching up too much? Like, it's become too analytical in a way or no? Um, I think there's a there's a place for it. But uh, I'm, I'm very anti-analytics because of the way that I play a game. But I think there's always a place for it. Like, if, if a guy is, you know, scoring 80% of the time on the left block, 
you want to double on that side. You're just helping your team. Yeah, you just want to help your team. So if that if the I'm a percentages guy too, which is which is weird. Right. So I'm an anti analytical percentage guy. <laughs> okay, so that makes any sense. So I mean, so you have to put guys in a in a low percentage position, like defensively. You know what I'm saying? Like so, it's it has its place. But it doesn't dictate how I want to play the game. Right. Yeah. You, you want to you want to find your spot. You don't want the other guy to be there exactly. when you're around. Exactly. Makes perfect sense. I always, you know, kind of different different topic, different question. We were talking about coaches before. Did you feel the playing overseas? You know, I was just curious about a language barrier. Did you ever feel that? You know, I can't communicate with my staff as well because you know a lot of these places they have the majority of their players are you know from that country right. and then they have players they got but i feel like you know english you know that's the, that's the language that's, that people are that's the speak. basketball language too i mean uh-huh. in, in korea we had a full-time translator so that was that was tough right so um and if no one on your team really speaks english it's you know you have to be connected to that translator like what do you say we're running what i need to be aware like because he's not speaking in english right yeah and you're, it's probably a different vibe if you're are getting they, it from a translator versus exactly. a coach I'm sure. are they slowing down the game for you when that's happening or are they just going at their pace and oh they're just going to catch up i gotta catch up that's it's my job oh yeah 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 yeah. that's very tough yeah but they're bringing you in i feel like you know do you feel when you're playing in south korea you are somebody that they're bringing in to help their team did it work in south korea yeah it, you it worked to have? out well right. we, they were they were uh zero and four we won like four or five games in a row when i got there there you so go. The good Game changer. Part, if you're winning while you're figuring it out, it gives you more time to mm-hmm. figure it out. So after two games, I had to figure it out. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it only takes two games. Watch a little film. Yeah, they got the film all cut up for you already. They got it cut up. So you're good. <laughs> well, Not we too were much film. we were talking about if you'd like stay in Israel, like post career. Do you think any other country or even Israel? Where do you see yourself being post basketball career? I'll be back at home in America. Yeah, I feel like that's. I mean, yeah, that's kind of like you got everything, man. There's no drive-throughs here. <laughs> you can't, you can't get a coffee and no Dunkin'. But, but visiting, I'd visit Israel for a month. Like I'd Tel Aviv, man, yeah. it's crazy. Come Tel Aviv's different. Come I know on. you like Tel Aviv. I saw you out there a couple of times. Best city, <laughs> best city I've been in. You know what I mean? Israel's the best. I mean, the weather is undeniable here. It's the best. It's Wait, it was like December, like something, and I was at the beach the other day. <laughs> I mean, I'm from Chicago. Like right Dude, now, oh, yeah, it yeah, is like nothing is going on back home. People He's can't Chicago, move their cars. I'm Boston. Oh, like, yeah. It's no, it's like crazy out oh, there right now. People are dying. Yeah, it's pretty it's crazy. Super cold. And out here, I'm just chilling in my t-shirt. Yeah, man. Even in Texas, <laughs> it's cold, man. Like the the weather would drop like 30 degrees for no reason. Yeah. yeah, it's got to just improve up. quality of life in general, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. And you know, where did you feel like the place really, the team got the best accommodations for you? Where Where did you feel the most, the most wanted, the most everything I need if I need something, and I call up some guy. Oh, Korea. I need to schedule Korea for sure. Anytime I could call my translator, he has a wife and baby. I call him at three in the morning. I need a taxi. Wow, really. It'll be there in 15 minutes. Did you need him? Did you need him in order to get a taxi? Like, did you need him to order See, stuff? Like, here's here's something that if you know me, you know me. Like, you know this about me. I'm super low maintenance. I'm super chill. Right. Like, I mean, if you're playing overseas, you kind of got to be. I, you, I mean, you would be surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys that are used to being taken care of every step of the way, like, I can go find a grocery store. I don't need a translator Exactly. For that. Like, like, I'll just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. You said before you're happy you didn't go to that MBA, like that type of experience mm-hmm. is you're going from straight to college where mm-hmm. you're doing everything for yourself in mm-hmm. college, going to play overseas. You know, if somebody has that experience where they're playing an MBA or even a really bougie D1 mm-hmm. school, if you're mm-hmm. playing at Duke, if you need 
you know, if you have a raspberry smoothie, you want a strawberry smoothie, it's there in, in 10 minutes. It doesn't matter. These programs are spoiling their players, I mean, as they should be. But, you know, you really get that, you get the feeling if you're, uh, you know, you tough it out, you figure it out, learn how to do it yourself, definitely. Have you experience. ever seen it take a toll on any sure. of your buddies out here? Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen tons and tons of Americans just say, I can't do this no more. Mm -hmm. I can't do it no more. They're eating out every night. They don't want to cook. They don't want to indulge in the culture. You know, they don't want to try hummus and tahini. Like, oh, come you on You can't now. come to Israel and <laughs> act can't. like you don't want to eat hummus and tahini. But the food here is, un like, it's undeniably the best Yeah, it's food. good. Like, but, like, some people just literally, they, they don't. They don't want to try. Keep themselves separate from the culture. They're there yeah. for, you know, you're either there for basketball or you're there to live yeah. and to play basketball. Right. And it's a big difference. So, so that, that's me. Like, to my young guys at home that want to go overseas or they want to go play different places, hey, man, I know your uncle will tell you go average 40, but I'm going to tell you be a good teammate. Mm. Like, go to Shabbat dinner or, you, uh, go. you know, go indulge go. in Christmas lunch or whatever it is in the culture that you go to, indulge in it. Have It'll you, make you better. Have you indulged in a lot of uh, Jewish stuff since oh, like, yeah, you've I've been done, here? Yep. Uh, Tell us some highlights. Um, uh, Shabbat with re with a religious group, <clears throat> not like really religious nothing people. like that. Oh man! Or um, we, I did Passa with really a religious people. There That's, you go. That is an that is a long ordeal. That's crazy. But I I need I wanted the experience though. You know. Yeah. Like, I mean, what did you take away from that? I don't know. Just I mean, just history and you know respect for history, respect for culture. I mean, it must have been a little bit of a history shock for you. No, I mean, yeah, but. I mean, it's like walking through the Bible. Like crazy, I, crazy. I enjoy all of this. Did like, you visit any of the temple sites or anything? I've been to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. You know, been to the Dead Sea. You know, to Jordan. I'm, you know, the main spots. But like, even like you see, a, you see Megiddo. Like you see a sign or you see Akko, and you mm -hmm. think of these really ancient, you know, civilizations. So crazy. much history. It's a little different crazy. than Dallas, I feel. Yes, <laughs> and so that's why I got bougie. I went over. I started going overseas. And I was in Denmark. And uh, my assistant coach took me into the, you know, the old city in Aarhus. And he was like, you see that, that, uh, that house right there? It's older than your whole country. Huh. That house wild. is older than America. And I was just like, wow, there's so much to learn. Uh -huh. There's a lot to learn. So yeah, You got that experience, man. You're a world traveler. Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. look back at your career one day. Got to appreciate all the places you've been. It's, a, it's sure. an amazing journey. Sure. It really is. Yeah. Do you still uh, do you still keep up with any NBA uh, league? Like, do you follow NBA? Anymore? A little bit. Or? Like, you can't get away from. Donovan Are you a Mavs fan? Do not get away from. Yeah, I'm always a Mavs fan. There you like, go. You got no Luka. Yeah, I'm a, I've, I've been a fan of Luka since he was 16. Like, yeah, back and, here in Real. And then he was telling people, "Oh, yeah, it's easy to score in the NBA." I'm like, <laughs> finally. Someone saying it besides me, people look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. yeah. So for him to say it and then go out there and do it, dominate. Yeah, I was actually dominate. at a game about like around when I was like 10 years old. I think that's when he was here playing against Maccabi Tel Aviv. Oh, I saw him at Heichal Menorah. That was oh, that was insane. young Luca man. So good. That's crazy. So good. Do you think you think the Mavs? What do they got to do, man? What do they got to do to win that chip? What are they, oh, What are they missing? Man. I don't know consistency. Yeah, yeah. From the other guys, like Luca, he's going to hit you. You're going to get shots. Mm -hmm. Make the shots. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just let Jalen Brunson walk away. I feel like that kind of hurt. Kind of yeah, hurt their chances. Yeah. It's hard for for a small market team. You know, 
Like, if you're really looking at it like that. You got a little bit of a scandal going on over there with Jalen Brunson, though. <laughs> like you think so with that whole his agent and all he, that? His whole agent his agent and, like, the owner of the team were, like, boys. Yeah, something oh. like that. I mean, yeah. look, they also offered him, like, $100 million. They offered the him a ridiculous contract. Like, yeah. the Mavs weren't going to do that. No. Like, mm-hmm. no. He is an amazing basketball player. He's not worth that much money. No, no, no. I would even bring Mike James out to play <laughs> over there. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, yeah. they, he knows how to play basketball. He's a good basketball player. Then you could take Luca off the ball. I was just talking about like Luca's usage rate; like it's really hot. Like, mm-hmm. But it, is it like can you go to a playoff series like that? Right. I mean, they haven't they haven't made a finals yet. They beat the Suns. That was that yeah, was that was insane. Huge. Yeah, that was insane. Game like, seven. If they can do that, like they just need a little bit more of a push. Mm-hmm. They need experience, man. You know, playoffs are just, playoff basketball. It's it's different. Yeah. It's a whole nother ball. I'm sure game. overseas too. Yeah, and like in France, like in the playoffs, people go super hard, like take off from work. Like we we finna spend the whole day drinking and then go to the game at night. <laughs> it's Dude. a holiday, man. Yeah, for that's real. how it is. Do you think that Luca's overseas experience has helped him? Oh yeah, with his experience, but even in the playoffs, do you think? I think just overall intensity. You know, mm-hmm. like he understands. Like I mean, in, in Europe and overseas, every game is a big game. Right. We need to play hard. They don't play game. as many. Yeah and, yeah, and you know, so he's used to the pressure, you know, and he's used to that that extra bit of oomph. At, I mean, know, everyone's yeah. playing at his pace. Yeah, he's he controlling you, the pace of the game. He gets you on a hit. Stay right here, buddy. Oh my god, you're gonna ride me all the way to the rim, and and hopefully I miss. Yeah, if you're lucky, you'll foul him, and yeah. then maybe he won't make. And the maybe shot. he won't make the <laughs> yeah. shot. Either way, somebody steps over. He's he's hitting the weak side. Unbelievable. He's making the reads. He really is. It's beautiful to watch. I was watching, I was up late last night watching Giannis drop 55, you know, just stand up. It's hard here, though, for a fan. We love basketball. We're making a podcast about basketball. But it's like you're looking at, you know, ESPN. I got to stay up till 4 30 tonight to <laughs> the watch. The thing is, also, play. just like we were saying, the NBA is a show and the defense and like how mm-hmm. lackadaisical it's become. Mm-hmm. For me to stay up at 2 a.m. to watch them play for two mm. hours, I get bored around That's why the I don't do it. second I don't do it quarter, anymore. the first quarter, third quarter. Maybe in the fourth quarter, they'll pick up the intensity. I mean, at that point, you got to be up for school. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's already like 5 a.m. So I'm like, I'm thinking, is it really worth it? I'd rather just wait, wait till to tomorrow. Playoffs. Oh, wait till the playoffs. Oh, wait till tomorrow and watch Maccabi Tel Aviv play at 8. Because like, it's do go. or die every game. Yeah. Every game uh-huh. do or die. Yeah, that's a, that's a great experience just to go as a fan to just Maccabi Tel Aviv. It's mm-hmm. always nice. You know, their mm-hmm. stadium's really nice. Mm-hmm. Jerusalem's got that huge stadium, which is Apple beautiful as well. Right. Yeah, well, nice Maccabi's got Jalen Adams, mm-hmm. who's uh, also from Boston like me. <laughs> hey, player. He's good. He's tough. And they got these other guys like Lorenzo Brown and Wade mm-hmm. Baldwin. Yeah, he's, he's a vet. They have some good hoopers over there. Yeah. That like, mean they've been dominant. It's fun to watch them. Like, they're playing real basketball. And, like, it's entertaining. You love to see it. You love to see it. As a basketball player, you love to see it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I was also going to add that when we first got here, right, I've been here for a while with John, but we play at, uh, you know, a sport tech and a lot of, a lot of hoops near here. During the day, if it's, like, semi-warm outside, you cannot get on a court. 16 courts always being what? used. Yeah. You know, in Chicago. Like and you know what? Packed. They're not playing full. It's only threes. Oh, yeah. And only only threes. threes. Only threes. It's yeah. rough. 
I came, okay in real we life. came and we, 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 we changed up the system. We did. Bit. We're like, no, 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 no. We're only running we're playing fives. fives now. Oh, we want to run full court. <laughs> this court's our court we, to run fives. Yeah, we have a school basketball league. The last the last session was 3v3. We show up and now we're playing 5v5. Nice. But, you know, I brought it up because it's interesting. I, you know, in Chicago, I live around the same amount of people. The city, I, Chicago's huge, right? The, the neighborhood where I live in is bigger than Herzliya. Just the, you know, the little neighborhood where I live in has literally more people. And they have huge courts there never being used. They have like a whole yeah, people group don't play of courts. Outside they don't play. But here it's like every day that people are out here, they enjoy the game. They yeah. A lot of them are terrible, but, you know, they just, they're just <laughs> there to help. Also, fun. just like what we were touching on before, even for professional teams here in Israel, it's hard to get a court. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's really hard to get an indoor court. Now in America, you can just go to Lifetime. Right. You can go to like always any of these available. gyms. There's always courts available. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's always fun to see like the outdoor court runs, like you know Riker Park, oh, all these yeah, parks yeah. in New York, mm -hmm. oh yeah, and all over the place. Like, they did the TBT at the at the Rucker. They had a Rucker yeah, site. Yeah. Oh man, I felt so bad for those guys. Yeah. Like, Dude, well, wouldn't you say you pulled up with Mark, like you Marcus Smart was at one of these runs where you were? Yeah, at Yeah, I was playing in uh, Boston. We have like these outdoor courts. Um, it's in like it's kind of close to me and. Marcus Smart goes clubbing with all the guys who like <laughs> plays with me out there. So every now and then he'll just pull up and like fuck around over there. That's what they can do, man. It's that's sweet. so fun. Yeah. yeah, that's sweet. No, that's but like when I run in Boston, I'm running at like these courts with like guys who just love basketball and they want to play some mm -hmm. ball outdoor. You know, mm -hmm. just chilling, like shooting the There's shit. Leagues. Playing. I play at the JCC at Dallas. Mm -hmm. Like I play at the Jewish JCC. JCC ball goes everywhere. Jason likes his Jewish basketball. I like my Jewish basketball. <laughs> he likes I, it. They're going to start on time. <laughs> yeah, they are. Both reps will be there and they will get paid. There you, you go. Know, the clock guy's going to be on time. You know what I mean? And they got their shit together. They, man. Got they know their shit what they're together. doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. JCC goes crazy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and it's cool being here in Herzliya, like uh, as a separate thing. I was just walking down the, uh, the the street the other day. I met some guy who's Denny Advia's best friend from living in. <laughs> hurts Leah and there's a real support from the people here of him oh, and it's sure. just amazing to see everyone in the country has a different team that they root for in the NBA but everyone roots for Denny and you know that's just a thing as, as a country and we were talking about it earlier you know if he would ever come back to play here at some point in his career but it is cool really to see the whole country get mm -hmm. behind this one player and the excitement you know he had a close play versus LeBron the other night you know loose ball dive sword late, late in the mm -hmm. shot clock it was, it was a great play and just Everywhere and I'm talking to basketball, oh, man, you see Denny last mm. night, he almost took the ball from LeBron. So it's cool to see, you know, that pride from the Israelis. Yeah, I mean, that's a reflective of the culture, right? Like, right. Mm -hmm. that's another thing, that another big takeaway that I take away from Israeli culture. Like, y'all really support y'all own. That's, that's beautiful. Like, yeah. I, it's I, a I family. It. Yeah. Listen, when you, when you have to deal with shit like missiles coming at yeah. you and when you have to deal with the, when, when you're 18, you're going to the army. Right. You're not like, if you're an Israeli citizen, you're going to the army. You're not going to school, mm. like university, going into a frat or something like that, you know? Exactly. When you're 18, you're going and you're like leading a unit to go and fight against these guys who are trying to kill you. You know, like, right. it's tough. It gives so you so much experience. When you have oh, yeah, this experience, level. their maturity level, mm -hmm. everyone is has army experience. Everyone knows what you've been through. Mm -hmm. You, you, It's a brothership. Yeah. It's a brotherhood. Yeah. And like, you feel the sense of family here. You can oh, go yeah. on the bus and ask some old lady, like, how do I get here? She'll just help you. She'll, oh, like, yeah. take you throughout mm -hmm. the whole thing. I've done it. 
I've gotten stuff. Right. Hey, you know where you know Rothschild Thirty Seven is? And they'll talk to you for like a half oh, hour. Oh yeah, yeah. Where are you from? <laughs> oh, you know I have a cousin in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we'll go through the whole thing. Like yeah, it's a little it's, Jewish geography. That's what we call. I mean, it. on right. Ro- on Rothschild, you always see a buddy over there. <laughs> You'll always see someone on Rothschild. There's always something going on. <laughs> yeah, man. I really, I really enjoy it, man. I enjoy it. I, I mean, that's just cool to hear from us. Like you know, we like just loving the sport of basketball and just loving how it's growing in Israel and then seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to just making this podcast, whether it's for fun or whether it's something in the future to build on. It's just cool to see, you know, people here being really passionate about basketball in general. And also whether you're just talking about NBA or talking about Israeli ball, it's really cool. And, you know, especially for you, somebody who's coming here and telling us how, you know, you enjoy your experience playing here. You feel the family, you feel the brotherhood. It's really cool. And it's it's just it's a great experience to hear from you, all those stories and, you know, that that whole thing. It's awesome. Yeah, man. I've seen thank a lot. you, thank you very much. For thanks for having yeah. me. We're man. gonna, we're gonna wrap cool. up, but I mean, just once again, wanted to thank you, Jason Sagers, on the podcast, the baseline, the baseline, the baseline. Love it, love here it. Here we go. Just uh, we yes, had a sir. great interview. Thank you again for being here, thanks and we're gonna me, wrap up. We're gonna have a nice day, everybody. The baseline stories from the courts with Jonathan Rears and Mayor Cohen. shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity. Clubhouse.